Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. We'll cap oil and gas sector emissions today and ensure they decrease tomorrow at a pace and scale needed to reach net zero by 2050. All right. Well, good afternoon, folks. Rob Breckenridge with you here on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. So that was the premier in his speech yesterday at this uh, Global Climate uh, Summit in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, promising to impose an emissions cap on Canada's oil and gas industry. And of course, there is already an emissions cap that exists in Alberta, as was negotiated between the previous uh, Alberta government and the Trudeau government. I think there's a lot of confusion here in Alberta, both from from industry and government about what this all means. And I think there's there's a need, certainly, for some conversation, some negotiation around all of this. I think what also is left out of, you know, the prime minister's comments in, in this broader conversation is what the industry is doing to reduce emissions and the innovation and leadership that's occurring. You know, just as an example, we've got the launch of a new initiative called the Oil Sands Pathway to Net Zero. So th- there's an example of this kind of conversation happening within the industry. And it's something that really the prime minister should be highlighting. One would think then that the message at this conference would be the incredible things that are happening in Canada's oil and gas industry. Because he's willing to stand up and say that when it comes to another carbon intensive industry, the aluminum industry. Here's what the prime minister said today, defending Canada's aluminum industry. We know, for example, that Canada produces some of the cleanest aluminum in the world. What, uh, what we're doing right now in different parts of the country uh, and what uh, we're innovating with Elisis, which is a, uh, a not just uh, energy but inputs and processes for net zero aluminum, is something that is extraordinarily valuable uh, to discerning consumers around the world. But we are right now competing with aluminum around the world that can be sold at even cheaper prices because it is done in dirtier ways with significantly lower labor standards. I don't think that's the kind of world we want where people who do the right things the right way get penalized and people who do the wrong things the wrong ways get advantages. So maybe that's what we're looking for, is, is that kind of a defense of the oil and gas industry. Because, yes, we too are competing against other countries with much lower standards. We are seeing uh, already here in the industry, in this country and in this province, a commitment to developing technologies to reduce emissions and looking at how we can eventually get to net zero. So maybe we need more focus on that. Joining us to talk more about all of this, very pleased to welcome to the program, uh, Cody Battersill. He's a founder of Canada Action and a strong voice uh, on these matters. Cody, great to have you with us here this afternoon. Welcome to the program. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. 
Does it feel to you like the oil and gas, gas industry is being unfairly singled out, or, or maybe those in attendance in Glasgow are not getting the full story? Well, they're definitely not getting the full story. I mean, our industry has been doing the right things the right way for a really, really, really long time. And shutting down Canadian oil and gas when produ- production, when demand is now at uh, pre-COVID record highs again, and natural gas demand is going to grow uh, tremendously. Energy demand in total is going to grow tremendously to 2050, meaning we need all of the above energy. We need to support wind and solar, but we also need to support a competitive, strong Canadian oil and gas industry because we are already leaders in climate action, reducing emissions, and of course, supporting local families, Canadian families. Yeah, it's an important point you raise, and, and I don't know how much uh, attention that got at this summit in Glasgow is the reality of what's happening at the moment. Uh, the price of oil has surged, and that's a byproduct of supply and demand. There is a tremendous amount of demand, and that's not going away anytime soon. So how do we address that, and, and how does Canada be a part of, of meeting that need and that demand? Well, we've had climate pricing since 2007 in Alberta. And the Prime Minister was talking about that. And certainly, as other jurisdictions enact the same policies, it makes us more competitive because now everyone's playing on the same playing field. But until that happens, we do have to think about the ultimate reality of substitution. You shut down Canada and you support other producers and you simply substitute other producers for local Canadian resources, any resource. But specifically oil and gas, we've got to also talk about why we're still importing oil into eastern Canada. We need to build a pipeline, get more Canadian oil to eastern Canada, make our country more energy secure, which would also reduce emissions and support jobs. And we also need to talk about reliable access to energy and electricity, which a lot of families in a lot of countries around the world right now have been experiencing uh, gas shortages, blackouts. Uh, concerns about food supply because energy, oil and gas and energy is a fundamental input to every single thing we have and that we do that keeps us alive in this world and especially in Canada. So we got to be a little more balanced about how we approach this. We already have an amazing track record. We're a leader in, for example, in net zero commitments within our oil and gas industry. And specifically talking about clean aluminum, we also have clean LNG and we have clean Canadian oil and gas uh, as well, that we can say the exact same things about compared to other countries around the world. Yeah, I, I'm certainly not trying to you know, single out the aluminum industry, and, and I, I think it's good that the Prime Minister is willing to stand up and, and defend Canada's aluminum industry and, and how we stack up against other countries. You know, I, and I think, you know, the point then, Godi, I mean, we should be hearing the same thing about our LNG. We should be hearing the same thing about our oil industry, shouldn't we? We should be, and I think we need to remember that we've got some pipelines. Line 3 is now operating. That's a huge win. Yeah. You know, we, Trans Mountain is, is, is well under construction. Coastal GasLink is, is 50% completed. There's several other important LNG projects that are backed by Indigenous communities in British Columbia to get our lowest emission natural gas to the world where we might be able to lower emissions, replacing coal, meeting glo- growing global demand. I certainly think that all premiers and all elected leaders in this country serve their constituents the best by being the most educated and respectful of all of our resource sectors because natural resources facilitate every single thing we do. And ultimately with oil and gas, most of the emissions come from consumption. 
So, you know, if you have 100% of the emissions from a barrel of oil, 80% comes from when we use it. And so when people are driving and flying, I mean, there's a lot of private jets in Glasgow. That's a separate issue. But it is an example of the reality of how we live today. The one thing the European Union has been talking about is a border adjustment uh, mechanism for carbon pricing so that they don't become less competitive. And we do have to think about what happens to uh, Canada's economy and Canadian families if we continue to do things that other countries aren't doing, if we really want to support the right actors and the right track record uh, of, of what uh, you know we've been doing as Canadians. We've got such a great story to tell. We've got to keep talking about it. Yeah. And it was interesting, too, the, the reaction to the idea of an emissions cap. And, and I think, you know, industry is looking for some clarification, but, you know, they're, they're prepared to be a part of the solution. What stood out to me was the reaction from some of these more radical green groups. They don't want a cap on emissions. They want a cap on production. And, and that would obviously be far more devastating uh, to the industry, to, to jobs in Canada if we were to impose a, a limit on production. I, I don't know what, what the point of that would be. I mean, ultimately, this is about emissions. And if industry is able to find ways of reducing emissions, getting to net zero, I'm not sure what these environmental groups would be so upset about. What, what do you make of, of the reaction from that side? Well, I think that, that what you're referencing with a lot of these environmental groups saying we should now cap Canadian oil and gas production, all they're doing is helping other oil and gas producers. Blocking Keystone XL didn't keep a single barrel of oil in the ground. It helped other producers. Blocking Energy East has meant Canada continues to be more reliant on oil and gas import, on oil imports that we may have not needed otherwise. Blocking Canadian LNG projects now most recently has meant higher emissions from more coal and even oil powered electrification again. So when we really look at what they say and what the results are and what their stated values are, there's a lot of people that are out there that are not participating from that environmental side in uh, an honest conversation about Canada's record, how we all live, themselves included, and what the future holds. And the future holds more wind and more solar, but also more oil and gas. Demand is back to 100 million barrels a day. And Canada should be a choice supplier as long as the world needs it. You know, I mentioned in the introduction, I mean, we've got recently the uh, the newly launched oil sands pathway to net zero. And, you know, that, that stands out as an example of, you know, some really innovative thinking that's happening right now in the industry. And this gets back to the point you made about telling Canada's story that, that industry wants to be and industry is, I think, in a lot of ways, a part of the solution. And that, that needs to be really emphasized, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And, and our industry for decades has been, uh, is a world leader. You know, there's Canadians all over the world. There's other energy producing jurisdictions that come to our country to see how we regulate and to see how, uh, to see our technology. And there's Canadians in all these other countries around the world also helping to produce oil and gas. On the climate side, we have had carbon pricing since 2007. We're still the only top supplier. And it's, it's really ridiculous for the environment, for the climate, that activists continue to oppose Canadian oil. They don't oppose any of the tankers coming to North America. They don't have an honest conversation about where California gets its oil from, for example. We've sent up a satellite to monitor emissions. We're a global leader in methane and flaring reduction. What I would have really liked to have seen from the Prime Minister in Glasgow was 
acknowledging that if every oil and gas producing jurisdiction on Earth had our same regulations for methane and flaring, we would actually take about 100 million cars off the road equivalent, reducing the emissions from a barrel of production by about 23%. There's so many examples like that one, which was a study in the journal Science in 2018, that Canada should be talking to the world about and really for Canadians to be celebrating so that we can work together as a country and work together within the world to say, look, we can displace other jurisdictions potentially that are higher emission or have no transparency, or they don't have the same values as we do in Canada for the social and governance side. There's a huge opportunity and continuing to invest in clean technology where our oil and gas industry is the largest spender in the country, environmental protection, same thing, and working with the Indigenous communities, many, many, many of, of, of whom want to build these projects and work and be partners in oil and gas and resource development. We'll leave it there for now, Cody. Much more at CanadaAction.ca. Always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us here this afternoon. Thanks so much, Rob. All the best. Uh, Cody Battersill, he's uh, the founder of Canada Action, CanadaAction.ca. It was interesting, and the point about the emissions cap, like, for example, uh, here's a quote. If the federal government is going to be talking about emissions cap for the oil and gas industry, they need to be talking about emissions caps for all sectors. The government of Alberta needs to be at the table advocating for the best deal for Alberta. Is that Premier Kenny? Actually, no, that was Rachel Motley. Uh, on this, the two are on the same page here. Uh, the quote from Kenny here, I don't know why they would make an announcement like this without consulting the province that actually owns the overwhelming majority of Canada's oil and gas reserve. So when the prime minister talks about this emissions cap, what does that mean? Because A, we already have one, uh, and B, this, you know, seemed to come out of nowhere. Let's announce something that will impress people in Glasgow, but meanwhile, back here in Alberta, everyone's trying to figure out what it means. Anyway, your thoughts uh, in Edmonton, 780-496-0063, in Calgary, 403-974-8255. My name is Rob Breckenridge. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.